take your Bibles and turn to Acts 6. This is going to be a little bit of a review uh, for some of you tonight. Uh, we've been working our way through the book of Acts in our Wednesday night Bible study. By the way, can I encourage you to come and be a part of that? Uh, the book of Acts is powerful. Uh, it's, it's the gospel being played out. Uh, how many of you remember the wildfires uh, that hit Fort McMurray not many years ago? And as the fires were getting closer and closer, I knew folks and friends that were there. Some of you had friends and uh, maybe co-workers or acquaintances that were there. And uh, we were very fearful uh, for them that the fire would come and take their homes. And I think of a, a family that we know uh, that their home did not get taken, but it was, we were worried for a little while it was going to get taken because the fire was spreading. Now, we didn't want that fire to spread, but we certainly want the fire of the gospel to spread. And that we certainly want the gospel to go around the world. As I mentioned, our young folks talked about uh, missionaries that went and, and carried just a little flame of the gospel. Now, as we look in the book of Acts, the book of Acts is the gospel like a, uh, a great inferno spreading across the world. And uh, we looked just Wednesday night, we looked at the, the salvation uh, conversion of the Apostle Paul. Man, what a wonderful picture, wonderful story. But we're working our way through the book of Acts. And as we've done so, we, uh, several weeks, and actually probably a few months ago, uh, several months ago, we talked about Stephen. And tonight we're going to talk about Stephen. As we're talking about great soul winners in the Bible, we're going to talk about Stephen, a soul winner who was full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen, a soul winner who was full of the Holy Spirit. Look here in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. And the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men full of honest report, of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Whom we, we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip, and Prochorus, and uh, Nicanor, and Timon, and Permacmanus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue, or the Libertines, and Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, of them uh, of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Uh, now, if you will, uh, would you skip to chapter 7? And let's look at verses 54 through 60, chapter 7 of the book of Acts, verse 54 through 60. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full, speaking of Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him. 
with one accord and cast them out of the city and stoned them. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Let's pray together. Lord, help us as we look back again as a bit of a reminder for many of us. Some ground we covered a couple of months ago, but Lord, as we examine this from the thought of a soul winner, as we see these soul winners, those that were taking the message of the gospel to the lost world around them, Lord, as we see Stephen tonight, may we realize the importance of us being spirit-filled, the importance of us speaking the truth of the gospel and sharing the faith. Lord, may we commit ourselves afresh and anew to that work, that good work. Lord, you said you came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why you came. Uh, Lord, would you help us and remind us about Stephen, these wonderful truths we look at this evening. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I believe it could be said of Stephen that he was a powerful soul winner. I believe it could be said of Stephen that he was mighty in the word. Uh, the Bible says that they couldn't argue with him. Uh, when he opened the word with them and they disputed, they had no argument. But most of all, we can say that Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. When God said, I want you to choose some men to serve. By the way, the church at Jerusalem was not choosing men to preach. They were not choosing men to, uh, to serve full time in the ministry of the word. They were choosing men that were going to serve in the capacity literally of waiting on tables and, and making sure that the widows of the church were taken care of and, and ministering to the physical needs of those in the congregation. Uh, the needs had gotten so great that it could not be carried uh, by those who as well were preaching and carrying the spiritual burden. And so Stephen was a man chosen. Now he was chosen under the guidelines that God gave the church at Jerusalem. And the most important guideline was that he be filled with the Spirit. But can I tell you what happens to every person who is filled with the Spirit of God? It's impossible to separate these two things. If someone is filled with the Spirit of God, no matter the capacity of their service for God, they will tell people about Jesus Christ. Just going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I, I don't care if they're, if they're a carpenter. If they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to be a carpenter that tells people about Jesus Christ. I, I don't care if they're a lawyer. Well, I'm not sure you can be a lawyer. No, I, I'm, I digress. It uh, doesn't matter if they're a doctor. doesn't matter if they're a school teacher. It uh, doesn't matter uh, if they're a street, a street sweeper. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be a soul winner. It's impossible. Because God's purpose for us, God's purpose for the power of the Holy Spirit is to be used to share the gospel. That's God's purpose. So God said, hey, choose out some people to serve, and I want them to be filled with the Spirit. Now, they were serving in a physical capacity, but God wanted them as well to be an example 
And Stephen was one such man. And I believe Stephen was an exemplary example of a soul winner who was filled by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he was a man full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit-filled life is a life filled with doing the will of God. A life filled with doing the will of God. We've been focusing on Sunday nights for the last several weeks, and we will for a few more, at examples of those who, who took the gospel and who shared it, who, who, who broke the bread of the word of God to others and told others about Christ. This morning, very early this morning, I, I got a text from Pastor Wilkerson, and it was a picture. And uh, the text said, our sister sent this to us. And I looked at the picture, and I thought it was a picture of him and his family. And I looked in the forefront of the picture, and I saw a guy that kind of looked like he could be one of the Wilkerson boys. And I'm trying to figure out which one of the Wilkerson's it was. And uh, some little boys there beside of the bigger boy. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, which one is which. And I thought, well, the hair color's wrong. It just doesn't look right. And then I looked on the left-hand side of the frame, and I see this 18-year-old kid, Brother Bonnie, with a lot of hair holding, God forbid, a can of Pepsi. And I realize it's a picture of me. It's not a picture of his family. It's a picture of me and some, some on a bus and a young guy that worked with me in the ministry then and uh, some kids that we brought to church. And his sister, Mary, Pastor Wilkerson's sister, she and I are the same age. Uh, we worked, went to college together. We started the same time. We worked on the same bus route. And uh, just a couple of months after I came to college and started working in the ministry, the man who now is in charge of all the bus ministry there, Mrs. Wilkerson's brother, John, uh, John said to me, Brian, I want to give you, this is your bus, this is your area, if you, there's a few block area, this is your area, you know, you go there, you reach this area, here's your bus, and he said, I'm going to give you two workers, and one of them was a girl named Mercy Avila. Uh, Mercy's from the same church that uh, B's mom is from. Mercy went to church with B's mom, and a couple years younger than her mother. And another girl that was given to me, <laughs> given to me, uh, one of the workers in that area was Mary Wilkerson. And those two young ladies, Mercy Avila and uh, Mary Wilkerson, uh, were there and helped minister on that bus with me as we reached people. And uh, one Sunday that spring, uh, we had 70 people, uh, the three of us, on that, on that church bus uh, on the, from the north side of Chicago. But one thing I'll never forget about Mary, Pastor Wilkerson's sister, is she was a soul winner. I, I told uh, Brother John I would much rather have Mary come on my bus than any other man on his bus route. I said, let me have Mary, because she's a soul winner. Uh, let me have Mercy. She's a hard worker. You give me those two ladies. That's all I need. Uh, she was a soul winner. There was never a time that somebody came on our bus that if I didn't get a chance to share the gospel with her, I'd, find, I'd see Mary taking the back of the bus, and she'd be sharing Christ. That should be true of all of us. We should be soul winners. Uh, we should be sharing Christ because we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And Stephen was such a man. Uh, I'm going to give you some statements, and some of this material is some things that I gave 
a few months ago. It may be a reminder for some of us, but, but I thought it fit so well. I wanted us to, to look at it from this perspective of soul winning, and I wanted us to, to plug it in and implement it as we think of us sharing Christ. Uh, number one, a spirit-filled Christian is available to the Lord for whatever service he may appoint. So many times we say, God, uh, if you need somebody to drive a new car, I'm your man. <laughs> Lord, if you need somebody to bless richly, <laughs> uh, pick me, pick me. Oh, Lord, you need someone to clean the toilet? Yeah, you, ask John. Get somebody else, not me. We, we, there are certain things, oh, yeah, I'm excited to do that. Brother Colton and I have a joke, a running joke, about a ministry that we started. It's called the Nehemiah uh, Ministry. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure you think it's about building the wall, uh, serving, about prayer and fasting. I mean, Nehemiah did all those things. But our Nehemiah ministry focuses on Nehemiah's life before he went to build the wall. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. So anytime we need to try out some new food, uh, we go for Nehemiah ministry. Uh, and we test out some food. We feel like we're serving the Lord together. Now, if I say to Colton, uh, now this week he'll be gone, but in a few weeks if I look at him and say, hey, you want to go partake of the Nehemiah ministry? He's all in. Uh, he's going to be, sign me up. I want to be there. Now, we want to be part of those kind of things. But when we're spirit-filled, we make ourselves available to the Lord no matter what it is. You know, too many of us, we're so full of ourselves that we're not available. Lord, I, Lord, that's a little bit under me. How many of you realize that Jesus Christ left heaven and came to earth and became flesh and dwelt amongst us and died? He who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He allowed himself to be laid in a, a straw pile of straw in a manger, covered in animal drool. That was beneath him, but he did it for you. Stephen was a great preacher. Stephen never pastored a church. Stephen, I believe, was a great leader of men. As far as we know, Stephen really never led men. Stephen was a great uh, teacher of Scripture. But whenever the church said, hey, we need somebody to go and check on that widow and make sure she's doing okay, I'll do that. We need someone to go around and make sure people have, have food and we're serving. Yeah, I'll do that. Whenever we're available to God in every aspect, He wants to use you more. I believe one of the reasons Stephen was used so powerfully to preach the gospel was because Stephen was available in every aspect of ministry. Don't ever limit yourself. We see the nation of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Too often we limit our interaction with the Holy One of Israel because we want to give him a narrow window of, well, I'll do this. I'll do this, this, or this. I'm not doing any of that. But Stephen was available. He was a man available to God. He was full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. He was ready to obey. God told Saul, King Saul. King Saul, when he got lifted up with pride, 
God came to him with a prophet and pointed his finger in his face. And the prophet said, does God have as much pleasure in sacrifice as he has in obedience? He said, Saul, why don't you just obey God? He just wants you to obey. But Stephen was willing to obey. He was available. Number two, as we think of Stephen being a great soul winner, filled with the Holy Spirit, a Spirit-filled Christian is a channel for the manifestation of God's power. A channel for the manifestation of God's power. How many of you have ever done any electrical work before? Ever helped with electrical work, been around electrical work? Uh, our building here, our power for our building comes in over here on this corner. And there is a, a service panel in the lower level in the basement, our breaker box, if you will, uh, for us uninitiated. And our breaker box is down there. That's where the power comes. And, and then the power goes everywhere the power goes. Well, in our renovation, we needed power back there. We needed power for the classrooms. We needed power for the office. We needed power for the lights and the plugs and the bathroom and, and, and uh, the air-conditioned doghouse and all the other things we, we have back there. And we needed power for everything back there. So the way the electricians planned it, is we got a cable called a tech cable. It was a, a single one-aught aluminum tech cable. It's a, it's a big cable. And Brother Colton will tell you, it, uh, it wore him out trying to, as we pulled it. Uh, he had a sore back for a couple of days afterwards. Uh, but we fed that cable from upstairs back there, dropped it all the way down through under the building, fed it all the way to about right here, and then it went all the way over and down. and We had to bring it all the way to the panel back there. Now, the reason we had to do that is we have to get the power from where it is to where it needs to be. They don't, how many of you know they don't make wireless breakers? That'd be awesome. Man, if it, Brother, Eric, you could, Brother Eric's smart enough. He could probably invent it. If you ever invent wireless electrical breakers... Man, we could build the biggest building in this world. You have to have a conduit. I mean, you got to get it there. There's several ways you could do it. We could have run a metal conduit and ran wire through it, we, but we used the tech cable. But however you do it, we had to get the power from there back to there. So when you walk in the bathrooms there and the little, the little sensor, I promise they're not cameras, the little sensor sees you walk in, and takes a picture of you, no. Uh, and then click, the lights come on. And then next week, not only will the lights come on, but the fans will come on too. But the lights come on. It only comes on because the power is coming from there. Going to there. Christian, when you're spirit-filled, God takes you. And he plugs you into the power source of the Holy Spirit. And he uses you as a channel to manifest the power of God. That cable that we ran and fished all around and brought from one end of the building to the other, it has no power. It's just a channel. Just a big, heavy aluminum wire, shielded wire. But it's connected to the power source. Christian, it's not about you. It's about us being connected to the power source. 
And when we're connected with the Holy Spirit, God wants to use it to manifest His power through us. It wasn't about Stephen's power. It was Stephen connected to the Holy Spirit. And the way we become the kind of soul winners God wants us to be is when we're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Stephen became a mighty preacher. He performed miracles. He did many things. Why? Because he was connected to the power source. Number three, a spirit-filled Christian reacts gracefully under provocation. Most of you know that the natural reaction when we are provoked is not to act well. I was talking with Josh last night, I think it was. He was talking about some things regarding his application for the EPS. And, and they ask a lot of questions on there. And he said, one of the questions they ask, have you ever been a, in a fight? And you have to list all the fights. Now, you know, most of you know I would never be in a fight, Brother Eric. And, and I said... I started to say to the kids, I've, I've never started a fight. Brother Ahmad, as I thought about it, I realized that was a lie. Now, my wife said, my wife knew where I was thinking of. She said, well, you didn't start it. You were provoked. I said, yeah, but when it comes to the physical part of it, I started it. Years ago, I had a roommate. His name was Alex. Alex's dear friend, Alex, Alex stood up in our wedding when Carrie and I got married. Uh, when we were in the States the last time at First Baptist, Alex came over and hugged me, and his little boy came, and a uh, good, dear friend of mine. But how many of you know when you live with somebody, sometimes it's hard to love them? You ever had that issue? How many of you wives have that issue with your husbands? Uh, husband with your wife. There we go. Man, Alex is one of those guys. He's an instigator. You ever met an instigator? He just likes to poke and get people going. And I, I just, I was at my wit's end. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? For the sake of my sanity, for the sake of not murdering someone and going to jail, I'm going to move to a different room. Because I know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love Alex more if I don't live with him. And every one of you are thinking of somebody right now. Most of you are thinking about Darren. But I, as you're thinking about that, you're, you're man, I, I, I love some, I, I can deal with him more if I don't have to live with him every day. So I moved. I lived on the first floor of a dorm floor, and I moved up to the third floor, and I got my stuff moved in, and, and I got my, I picked my bunk, and I picked my dresser, and I got all my stuff situated, moved my clothes, I got my bed made, and I went to work. And I worked hard, and I worked long hours, and I worked late hours. I walked in the door of my room about 3 in the morning. About 3 in the morning. I didn't turn the lights on because I didn't want to wake the guys up that were sleeping, lazy bums who didn't work. Uh, but I went to crawl in bed to get a few hours sleep before I had to get up and go to classes the next morning. And I went to where my bed was. And my bed was covered with all the things that were in my dresser. All my clothes were piled up there. My socks and T-shirts and just piled. 
covered my whole bed. And it's dark. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, what? Who did this? So then I went over to where my dresser was, and I opened the cabinet in the dark, and I looked, and I'm like, somebody's clothes are in here. I'm like, why would somebody move my clothes? And, and then I'm, as I'm looking at the clothes, and my eyes adjusted to the dark, I realized whose clothes they were. Well, the mic, they were Alex's. And then I turned, and I saw that slimy, dust, rotten, dirty, filthy, reprobate sleeping in the room that I moved to to get away from him. I snapped. I don't snap easily. I, I've only snapped a couple times in my whole life, but I snapped. I confess, I snapped. Alex is about 250 pounds. I went over. I picked him up over my head. I carried him out in the hallway, and for a few seconds, I had planned on I was going to kill him. I didn't know what else to do. I thought, I've just got to take him out in the hallway. I'm going to kill him, leave him out there, and then I'm going to go back. I lost it. I mean, lost it, lost it. Like, the only reason Alex is alive and got married and had children is because about 20 guys saved his life that night. I snapped. I did not act uh, as a spirit-filled Christian ought to act. And every one of us right now are thinking about some time in your life. Maybe you didn't try to kill somebody, but you're thinking about an event where you didn't act like a spirit-filled Christian ought to act. You didn't react the way you ought to act. Jesus, Jesus allowed himself, he is the all-powerful, allowed the soldiers to beat him and spit upon him and call him names. Stephen, no record of Stephen fighting. No record of Stephen saying, hey, you can't do this to me, I'm a Christian. No record of Stephen saying, whoa, 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 hold on, I'm a deacon at First, First Baptist Church of Jerusalem, you can't touch me. No record of that. He acted gracefully. To whatever level we're spirit-filled, to that level we act gracefully in a provocation. That's important when it comes to sharing the gospel. Because many times, Brother Maud talked about giving the gospel track, and the man shook his hand and thanked him. But many times they won't thank you. Many times, I'm just going to be very honest and transparent tonight, you're going to get cursed at. You're going to have folks angry with you because they're angry with God. And it's, it's very tempting when you're living in the flesh to look at someone that rejects the gospel and say, well, just go to hell then. Say, Pastor, you would say that? No, but I wanted to a few times. And you'll want to as well when you live in the flesh. But Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. And as we share the gospel, we need to realize the importance of being spirit-filled to help us act gracefully under provocation. Number four, a spirit-filled Christian and soul winner. Because we're talking about soul winning here. I know we've covered some of this before on Wednesday night, some of the aspect of this, this, this passage. Number four, a spirit-filled Christian is mighty in the Scriptures. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to want to spend time in this book. And the Spirit teaches us His Word. I grew up in the hills of West Virginia. 
I grew up where many of the older folks where I'm from when I was a boy, if they went to school, they finished the eighth, the eighth grade. My grandmother finished the eighth grade. That was the highest she ever went in school. My grandfather, I'd be surprised, I can't remember, but I doubt he went past grade five or grade six. Why? Because they grew up during the Great Depression. They had to work. They had to provide for the family. They had to work on the farm. Education was not like it is today. A lot of the old farmers up and down the, the valley that I grew up in, they, they never got a diploma. They never went to high school. Definitely never went to college. There were some that had to sign their name with an X because they didn't even know how to read and write. But some of those folks that you would look at and say they were ignorant hillbillies, they knew the Bible. Well, they may not have grasped all the the fanciness of the English language, but the Word of God meant something to them. They believed it. And they may have struggled to read it, but they read it. And they got to know this book. It's been said that someone whose Bible is in rough shape, normally their life is not. Christian, A spirit-filled Christian is mighty in Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures. He believed the Scriptures. He, he preached the scriptures. He presented Christ in the scriptures. He applied the scriptures. If you're going to share Christ, and we ought to, if we're spirit-filled and we ought to be, we will have a relationship in the Word of God. Number five, and I've got to hurry here, a couple more thoughts. Skipping a few things here, but a spirit-filled Christian, number five, is sustained. In the hour of trial and adversity. I touched on this this morning. But so often we see folks walk through difficulties and we say, how in the world could they go through that? How could they face that? They're sustained. They're sustained by God. By His Spirit. Elijah was ministered to by the angels. And said, here, eat this. I got a meal for you. Elijah ate that meal, and he went on the power of that meal for 40 days. I've eaten some big meals, Brother Jeff. Brother Jeff made me a homemade McRib sandwich this week. I, I, I almost got spirit-filled eating it. Uh, I've had some big meals. But I've never had a meal that lasted me 40 days. But Elijah was not sustained by the food. He was sustained by the Spirit of God. Christian, the Spirit of God will sustain you. Amen. By the way, if that call comes, as it may come for me someday, and the doctor says, hey, it's cancer. Hey, it's a terminal illness. Hey, I'm afraid we're going to have to operate. The Spirit of God can sustain you. When, when that loved one passes that is your everything, you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death for the rod and staff of your shepherd will sustain you. Amen. And we can serve him with the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. Stephen had a very short earthly ministry. 
but he was sustained by the Spirit of God. Number six, a Spirit-filled Christian is like Jesus. It's like Jesus. I wonder to what extent we're like Jesus. We, we talk about, you know, folks, I say, oh, you look like this person, you look like your dad. The other day at our conference, we had about where Brother Jeff and Miss Teresa is, there was a, a couple of guys from Lacombe were here, Brother Matt Patton's church. They came up for a meeting, and they were sitting there, and I went over, I shook their hands. I said, hey, how are you? Shook the one guy's hand, and I looked at the younger guy, and I said, well, it's obvious you're his son. <laughs> and the older guy, not a lot older, but began to laugh. He said, actually, we're just friends. He, he said, but many people uh, think that we're father and son. Because I'm telling you, they looked alike, just, just best friends, but they looked just like each other. I look a little bit like my dad. Uh, I put, posted on Facebook the other night, praising God for the fact that I was okay. And my dad, I mentioned that I put a picture of my beautiful face on there. And my dad said, where's the beautiful face? I told my dad, I'm, I'm working with all you gave me. And uh, I look like my dad. Christian, do you look like your dad? Do you look like your heavenly father? Do you act like Jesus? Do you talk like Jesus? Do you love like Jesus loved? Stephen, a whole lot like Jesus. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lay not this sin to their charge. I... I'd be yelling out, Brother Jojo, beat him up after they kill me. That's what we would we'd yell. I'd be yelling for my son-in-law's, hey, help, come get him. That's not what Stephen yelled. Forgive them. Because he was like Jesus. Praise God, he wasn't like me. He was like Jesus. Number seven, quickly, and we'll close with this. A spirit-filled Christian is always lamented when he dies. Can you imagine the impact that Stephen had on the church at Jerusalem? I mean, it was a growing church. They had some problems. You know why they had problems? Because every church is made up of people. Imperfect people. And there's always going to be problems. But there were some great blessings. I mean, the church was growing. And we're talking thousands getting saved at a time. And praise the Lord, it's exciting to see what God is doing here and see our, our church growing and seeing people saved and seeing people baptized and joining the church. But we're talking about thousands <laughs> happening there in Jerusalem. Amazing work. So much so that uh, the apostles said, man, we need some help. Man, we got too much going on. We got to get some people plugged into some areas because we can't carry this load. Imagine Peter saying, I can't do it. You know it was bad. You know it was bad if Peter agreed, yeah, we got to get some people to help us. And Stephen stepped in. Man, I'm sure there were people in the church in Jerusalem that when Peter died said, hey, that man, he told me about Jesus. That man shared the gospel with me. There were widows in the church, Grecian widows, who said, he came to my house. 
he made sure I was okay, and he brought some food and, and helped meet some needs that I had and dealt with some problems. He was missed. Why? Because he had been a spirit-filled man that God used. We should be living in such a way that we are filling every need we can. And when we leave this world, and we will if the Lord tarries is coming, praise God, we're going to heaven. And I, I think it was Dr. John R. Rice, I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Dr. John R. Rice that said this. He said, when you read one day that I have died, do not believe it. It is a lie, for I am more alive than I have ever been. But there are those who left behind. I remember as a Bible college student ready to graduate from college. I was a new father. Rebecca was just a couple months old. She was two months old. Coming up on about four days away will be the anniversary of the day I got a phone call that my pastor died. Went to heaven. I wasn't sad that he was in heaven. I was sad that he wasn't with me. I was sad that I was going to have to walk across a platform and graduate from college and he wasn't going to be there. I missed him. It's been 23 years this week. I still miss him. Why? Because he had an impact on my life. Stephen had an impact in just a short time in a lot of lives. Christian, you have, an, you have an opportunity of influence. Are you using it? Are you using it? Are you going to use it this week to share Christ with somebody? Are you going to use it this week to encourage someone? Are you going to use it this week to try to lift somebody's burdens? Are you going to use it this week to care about someone and love for someone and pray for someone? Use the influence that God gives you in your scope as a spiritual Christian. And by the way, when we do that, one day when we go to heaven, we'll be mourned, we'll be missed. Stephen wasn't mourned because, oh no, we don't know where Stephen is. No, Stephen's with the Lord. The Lord was standing waiting to welcome him there. But Sunday came. And as the church in Jerusalem gathered, there was an empty seat. Monday came and there was a little widow who got a visit every week from Stephen on Monday and he wasn't there. Christian, may we live in such a way that we impact our world. May we be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to realize the importance of being spirit-filled. Lord, I was impressed tonight to rehash some material we've gone over before because I think it's so vital for us as we think about sharing Christ and being a soul winner. As we see the very short life and ministry of Stephen, Lord, I believe that every person in this room could be used mightily to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And Lord, the missing element is not education, it's not polish, it's not personality. 
Lord, the missing element is the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would realize the importance of being Spirit-filled. Lord, work in us tonight. Help us to realize that importance. Help us to use our sphere of influence this week to make an impact for eternity. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen.